Turn in your Bible to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Who's got their Bible with them tonight? Anyone? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 23. Lord, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for your people. We thank you, Lord, that our ears are anointed to hear. Lord, our heart is receptive and ready to receive. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. Everyone say, The Lord is my shepherd. I underlined that many years ago. He's my shepherd. And he goes on to say, I shall not want. What does that mean? That means all of my needs are taken care of. If I need healing, he takes care of it. If I need to be led, I, he takes care of it. If I need to be protected, he takes care of me. See, a lot of times when you say that the Lord meets all my needs, what do people, they all automatically have dollar signs in their eyes. But I have a lot more things that, that I need in life than a dollar. There's a lot of things that dollars cannot buy. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. Well, you know, things are real rocky in my life. Well, the Lord wants to let you be by, besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through. You know, you need to underline that where it says walk through because a lot of people think, you know, I just camp down at the valley. Down by the riverside. And they camp there. But the Bible says I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And while I'm there, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> right, right in the presence of sickness and disease. Right in the presence of confusion. Right in the presence, you know, nothing is more intimidating to a, your enemy is when you sit down and you just eat. You're not paying any attention. It's kind of like um, when you have a dog. I mean, when, when they're really hungry and you put the food there, you can forget about having a conversation with them. I mean, they're, you're, you're done until they eat. Why? They're not concerned about anything else. What do we do? We pull up to the table. Father, pass some of that. You, you tell your, your brothers and sisters, um, just pass a little bit of healing please. Pass a little bit of, of abundance. Pass a little bit of that joy down here. I need a little bit. And that's why we say when we come to church, it's a smorgasbord. We, we have everything set before us. So he says he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what's he going to do? He's going to anoint my head with oil. See, people think the Christian life is dry. A lot of people get dry, but it, there should be a river. What's the name of this church? It's called the river. Why? Because it's not a swamp. You get down in, in the south, 
What's in a swamp? Gators and, and people call them skeeters. Gators and skeeters. Mosquitoes, alligators, all pythons. You know, you get in the Everglades. That's what happens when you get in a swamp. But when there's river, there's a life and there's a flow. He's going to anoint me. His presence is going to be upon me. He's going to anoint my head with oil. And my cup is about halfway full. No, my cup runneth over. And what's going to happen is after my life and follow me is something called goodness and mercy. They're going to follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Turn over to John chapter 10. The first verse of Psalm 23 said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have a shepherd tonight. I have someone that's looking out after my life tonight. Someone that's looking and has a say-so in my life. John 10, verse 1. I want to share just for a few minutes about Jesus, the good shepherd. The good shepherd. I made this analogy a week or two ago, and I said, what if you were going along and you heard about this great shepherd, and you heard that, hey, He's got a, a great flock and, and he's magnificent, you know, and this and that. And you've heard all these different features about him. And so you get to wait and you come to the town and you see him coming a ways off. He said, oh yeah, there he is. I've been waiting for this time. And as you see him getting closer and you, you see him, and yep, he's just like we heard he was and dressed really nicely and but as you see him getting closer, you notice that the flock is pitiful. Some of the, the, the legs are broken. They have like gaping wounds. All kinds of things that we're not taking care of. Well, I don't care what you think about him or how good he's dressed. He's a poor shepherd. And so the, the Bible, we've been talking about the church on Sunday mornings, that we're the body of Christ we're the bride of Christ. We're his flock. And so people think that, you know, if I'm doing good in life and, and, and I'm, I'm well off, I'm healed, I'm healthy, they somehow think that that's going to take away from the Lord. <laughs> no, what would, that would never take away from the Lord. That only magnifies him. Us being healed magnifies God. Us being well off, us being taken care of, our needs being met. That gives glory to God. And so that's how healing, you know, people, people think that sickness glorifies God, but sickness never glorifies God. It may be an occasion to glorify him, but it never, sickness in itself never glorifies God because it's of the enemy. So Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, the good shepherd. I want you to look at John 10 verse 1. And we're going we're gonna to move through this quickly, but I'm going to give you, fifth, I think, about 15 different things about Jesus, the good shepherd tonight. 15 attributes of the good shepherd. <clears throat> and so I want you to leave here thinking and knowing God's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of, of me. He's going to see about me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door unto the sheepfold 
but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Number one, Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep. Amen. He's the shepherd. One thing I love is the fact that Jesus is a shepherd. He has a shepherd's heart. Notice the Bible never calls him the great cowboy. He's the great shepherd. What's a cowboy do? He drives the flock. But the shepherd leads the flock. The shepherd takes care of the flock, nurtures the flock. What did Peter, if you read the book of Peter, he says that we should, he's talking about those that take the oversight thereof, not by constraint, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind and a willing heart. And we'll see that as we go on. But number one, he's the shepherd of the sheep. He knows them. They know him. Every believer needs to be part of a local church. Why? Because that's where they're going to be fed. That's where they're going to be protected. We don't want to be a dumb little sheep that goes off and do, does our own thing. Amen. That's why every person needs a local flock with a shepherd, which is a pastor. And you know, one thing about it, we're, we're not taking up with titles. We're not taking up with, um, you know, the things of God are not by name, but they're by power and they're by responsibility and by function. But a, a lot of times churches think, people think they're just being humble because, you know, we don't believe in titles. So, you know, I'm a pastor, they're a pastor. I mean, some churches, they have a janitor pastor, they have a, a, a cop, make copies on the machine pastor. They just, there's pastors for everything. And so there's really no shepherd. And so Jesus Though he says he's the good shepherd. Look what he says here. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Number two, the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. See, that's one thing that as believers we have to listen to the good shepherd. What does the enemy want to do? He wants to distract us and pull us away. So, hey, don't, you don't need to go to church. You know, you've been going too much anyway. Um, you, you, you worked hard and, and, and um, yeah, I, you know, you, you worked hard and you still have your work clothes on. You can't come to church. A lot of people, they feel like that, don't they? But, but case in point, he's here. Amen. So the sheep hear his voice. Number three, he calls them by name and leads them. So why, why do we need a shepherd? Why do we need Jesus, our shepherd? Because he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. How do we get to these places? See, one thing that we know is I don't know the way. I've, I've never, the Lord sees the end from the beginning. He's already seen everything. He knows what the end is. I, I haven't gone that far. So I don't know. I have to trust him and walk by faith. But as I do, I lean upon him. I say, Lord, you know more than I do. I heard a minister, he was, he was being serious. He said he was, many years ago, he was pulling up to a red light. He said, all of a sudden I had a, a revelation. And here's the revelation. God 
is smarter than I am. He said, if you ask me that, I would say, of course I know that. But he said it wasn't as real. But when you understand that God, his plan, that's why we have to trust him with the plan of God. Sometimes we have ideas. Well, Lord, I know that you made me a specific body part. But Lord, I think I'm a different body part. I think I'm a toenail and not the, sometimes you might feel like a, the, the big toe. But he knows I have to trust him. Lord, you know what will satisfy me. You know what will fill me with joy. How, how many have ever done that? And you think, I'm just going to do my own thing in my own path. And this is what I think will bring joy. But we, as we follow the plan of God, that's what brings true happiness. So we have to, in order to do that, though, we have to hear his voice. And he calls us by name and leads them and leads us. Look at verse four. He says, the sheep follow him for they know his voice. The sheep follow him, they know his voice. Say this, I know his voice. See, a stranger they will not follow. That's why we have to know what the word of God says. Why? Because the same, I'm, I'm gonna say it like this, quote unquote voice because many times it's not a voice it's just an intuition it's a leading it's a guiding it's a knowing it's a seeming the Bible talks about it seemed good unto us and to the Holy Ghost to do certain things and we see that in the book of Acts where's your seamer your seamer is here it just seemed good it seemed like we should have done that it seemed like I should have done this who's ever done something you said I knew I shouldn't have done that my wife and I talk about this. She, she said this several times here lately that I've learned how to follow the Holy Ghost by making mistakes. Because have you ever had something and then you go back, yeah, that was, that was the Lord. That was his voice. But see, what happens a lot of times people, what do they immediately say? I just can't seem to hear God. Now my mom's in heaven, so I'm not gonna, she, she won't scold me for this. But she used to say that sometimes. I just can't seem to hear. I just can't seem to hear. But you know, I don't, I don't care how fuzzy my mind seems. I'm not going to say that. I hear his voice. I may, I may be further than, from the answer than I've ever known. But what am I going to do? By faith, I'm going to stand up and say, his voice, I know. And a stranger's voice, I will not follow. Lord, I know your voice and I'm going to follow you. See, the faith walk, the, the, the Christian walk is a walk of faith. I live by faith. I walk by faith. And I talk by faith. Amen. And so the same voice, though, that we hear by reading our chapter, by reading the Bible, is the same voice that speaks to us. But let me say this. Never seek voices. It's, it's really not a, that's the only way I know to say it, but it's not a voice where you just hear something. Now, the Lord can't speak to you audibly, but never seek voices. Just seek God. And however he, one thing I found is he speaks to you the way you understand. He speaks to you the way you understand. If you say, wherefore do you want me to go? He'll say, over there. But, <laughs> but if you just say, Lord, hey, um, you know, like, like I just heard a minister say, he was talking about the same thing, how the Lord talks to you the way you understand. And the Lord just told him, tighten up. Well, he might tell someone else, shape up or, you know, just whatever. Like, like get it together, man. 
He, he talks to you the way that you, you know and you understand. That's why if you ever hear people prophesy, have you ever heard a prophecy and it's got ain'ts and this and that, you know? Because just because you, you prophesy doesn't mean that you're going to speak like an English professor. You, the way that you speak normally is the way God's going to flow through you. And, and does and all that kind of stuff. Amen. So we don't seek voices, but we have an intuition. Look what he goes on to say. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake. Then said Jesus unto them, truly I say unto you that I am the door of the sheep. So number five, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. It's interesting because what did we just talk about in this whole series? We talked about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me but to the Father but by me. That means that he's the door unto salvation. So Jesus is the door of the sheep. <clears throat> All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Why? It's a, strange, it's a strange voice. It's a strange sound to them. But he says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief, look at verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and kill and to destroy. I, Jesus says, am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So why does the thief come? Who is the thief? The devil. So we know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that kills in your life, that's not a blessing in disguise. Anything that kills is not a, a, a blessing that I haven't found out about. You know, it's just God knows better than me. No, if it kills, it kills, it destroys, it's the enemy. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He's come to give us life that we might have it and have it more abundantly. I like what the Amplified says, that we might have it to the full till it overflows. God, don't you know um, when, it, when it fills up the cup, it's just running over. Yeah, my cup runs over, the psalmist said. The Lord said, yeah, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> Notice what he says, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. See, that's what a good shepherd does. He gives his life. But what's the contrast? But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd. You know, in a lot of churches, there are not true pastors in a lot of churches because they're, they're hirelings. They're hired for a couple years and then for, for no apparent reason, just change them up and, and get a new one just to shake things up a little bit. And, and he definitely can't say much. He, he definitely can't be led by the Spirit and, and address certain things because all his things will be packed up on the Sunday night and he'll be leaving town. Amen. <laughs> but that's what the hireling does. The hireling... He that is a hireling and not the shepherd, who's on the sheep or not. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep. 
He's got self-preservation. You know, that's what, that's what the, the hireling does. He takes off. Sorry, boys. Sorry, um, I got to go right now. He leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. What does the enemy come to do? Divide and conquer. He comes to steal. That's why whenever, if I'm, as long as we're here, the Lord has given us a place to feed the people, to love the people. And so when we see the wolf coming, we don't just think, well, maybe he's a good wolf. You know, maybe he's not the big bad wolf, but maybe he's a good wolf. No, you, you don't just let the wolf just gnaw on some, somebody a little bit and just, you know, bite, bite this person's arm a little bit. No, you, what do you do? You take care of him. Because he's going to catch them and scatter the sheep. The hireling fleeth. Because he's a hireling and cares not for the sheep. So what happens if you run? What happens if you run when problems come? You don't, you're just a hireling. I'm so thankful that when problems come in my life, Jesus doesn't just take off. You know, sorry, I don't want to be you. You know, he just takes off and just, just leaves us alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Why? Because he said he won't leave me. Now, if he leaves me, I'm in trouble. And then I have to say, you know, oh boy, I don't know what's going to happen. But if he's with me, hey, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. The Lord's standing here with me. Hallelujah. It's like the, you remember when the, the servant was there with the prophet of God? And what did he say? He said, Lord, to me it sounds like Elijah, it was a nonchalant prayer for him. He just said, Lord, open his eyes. And what did he see? He saw chariots of fire. He saw he saw these, these different angels there with swords drawn. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's because he's the good shepherd. Notice what he says here. What verse? 10, 11, 12, 13. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and he doesn't care for the sheep. But then Jesus says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. So Jesus says he's the good shepherd. Amen. That means I can count on him tonight. I can count on him this week. I can count on him tomorrow. When things come against me that I didn't even know was going to happen, Lord, you're the good shepherd. Lord, you're going to feed me today. Lord, you're not going to, you know, one thing that my boys never worry about is if they're going to have a meal. I mean, they get meals and snacks and things in between. You know, it's things you didn't even plan on. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but he's the good shepherd. He's going to feed me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to pour in the, the oil and the wine if I get hurt. 
It's like the Bible says, who was neighbor to the one that, that fell among the thieves? Well, it was the one who actually did something. What did the, the first one was a priest, which is symbolic of religion. Religion walked on the other side. Sorry, I can't help you. Then this other one walked by. But then this Samaritan comes in, pours in the oil and the wine. That's symbolic of what the Lord does. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And then look, um, I am the good shepherd, verse 14, and know my sheep and am known of mine. So we see that the good shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep know him. I know my sheep, I, I know my sheep and the sheep know him. Say it one more time. I know him. How does that come? It comes by the word. It comes by fellowshipping with him on a daily basis. <clears throat> so he says here, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay my life, I'll lay down my life for the sheep. This is one of the greatest things that, that Jesus did. You know, we even see this later in the book of John. Pilate, you know, trying to intimidate Jesus. Jesus said, my, my kingdom's not of this world. And he said, I lay down my life. No man takes it from me. This is a, a commandment I've received of my father. He's just like, get out of here. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. So if you're keeping up with numbers, that's number 11, actually. I lay down my life for the sheep. He goes on to say, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me. At one point Jesus said, I could call all these legions of angels to rescue me, but how shall the scripture be fulfilled if I do that? But he says, I, lay, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. There was a division, therefore, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear you him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long do you make us to doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. <laughs> it reminds me of Philip. What Philip say? Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. You know, we'll be happy. He said, you can hear maybe a little irritation in the Lord's voice. He said, Philip, if I've been this long with you and you now you're asking me, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, he says. So here he says, or it says that they were asking him, show us plainly. Jesus answered and said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. 
but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Who's been reading their, their chapter? You know, we're in the book of John. I will say this. The book of John has very long chapters. So it's good to only, if you only have to read one a day and you're not catching up. But we see this. He says, uh, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said. We see that one time, the, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, they're taking Jesus to task. And he tells them, he says, you are of your father, the devil. In his lust, you will do, basically what's he saying? You're not of the, the same sheepfold. He says, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How do you know that you're, that you're a part of the family of God? You follow him. You follow Jesus. And you follow him closely. And I give unto them eternal life. So this is another trait of those that, actually a trait of the good shepherd is this. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. So I give unto them eternal life. What does the Lord, what's the good shepherd do? He gives us life. He gives us life more abundantly. So as we come to him, you know, the Bible talks about if you come to him asking for, for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. You know, if Liam asked me for some, Dad, give me some of that cheesecake factory bread that we just got. I'm not going to say, well, you know, I really think this rock would be really good. <laughs> and give it to him. He'd say, what's this? Well, the Father God's not going to do the same thing. He's not, we're not going to ask him for something and he gives us a serpent. You know, oh, I just, I think this would be funny. No, that's not the way that our Father God is. So he gives us eternal life. And notice this, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Say this with me. I am in my father's hand. No man's going to pluck me out. I mean, it, it actually makes you a little bit sassy, I guess. Just a little brash, you know, and just say, you know what? Devil, you know, because he, he's always talking about what he's going to do. Devil, let me tell you. Now, don't just try to, you know, a lot of people say, well, the devil's stupid. But he's stupid in the fact that the, the sin that he did, thinking he's going to rebel against God and win. But don't just try to play mind games with him. He'll wrap you up around his finger. But if you put him in the faith realm, you'll always win. You know, I'm just going to try to play mental games with the devil. He'll, he'll win every time. But if you keep him in the faith realm, you'll whip him every time. Amen. Faith in the word of God. That's why Jesus always said, it is written. Hallelujah. So he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, they follow me. So we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus closely. He gives us eternal life. 
What is that? That's life abundantly. The, the abundant life, the life of joy, peace, comfort. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I get tired of hearing people say, well, you know, it's not about having a good life now. Well, that's not eternal life. Well, when we all get to heaven, people think that they're going to look just like the devil, smell like the devil, live like the devil, and, and be the devil. And then they're going to get to heaven and experience joyful the, the joy of my salvation. But no, that's going to be something that's going to be affected in my life now. I'm going to look more like Jesus tomorrow than I do today. In fact, the Bible says when we see him, we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. And so this salvation, the Bible talks about working out your own salvation. We should look more like him on a daily basis. So that's what the eternal life, it has an outworking in our life. And we shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know what's the good news about that? You know, some people think that maybe just because they, they sinned one time, they lost their salvation. And the devil plucked them out. But you know, even if you make a mistake, the Bible says if we repent, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. A lot of people think that they had to get born again again. Well, I had to get saved over again. Well, boy, I must have got saved thousands of times by now. But no, you confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. And you walk back in that same good place with him. So keep reading here. He says, my father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. <clears throat> the Bible says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me, unto the father, but by me. So the last couple of points I want to make here is this. No man shall pluck them out of my hand. No man can pluck you out. It's like we used to sing this song. Um, the world, talking about the joy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. If they didn't give it to me, they can't take it away. Only you can give it up. So my father is greater than all. And then number, number 15, uh, these different points. Number 15, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Isn't it interesting that the people that he had problems with, it was always the religious people. It was always the Jews that came to stone him. Jesus would just walk through their midst. Jesus answered and said, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered again saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, make yourself God. Look down in verse 37. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works. That you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. And went away again beyond Jordan to the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him. You know, Jesus could hardly take a nap. I mean, that's why he had to go get in the boat. That's why he had to walk on water to get away from the people. I mean, he wasn't doing it just to impress people. 
He had to do it just so he could get away and rest. And then people would still find him. You know, you know uh, the word spreads. When you go to a good restaurant, what happens? The word spreads. When you, when you heal people, the word spreads. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. So this whole chapter is a wonderful thing that we can apply to our life that, that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And I want to say this. This is something that is so true in our lives we have to remind ourselves of. We have to be reminded of the love of God for us. You know, you can have the love of God for other people but not have it for yourself. Oh, God loves you so much. He loves you. And then on the inside, you just think, well, Lord, I'm being cheated right now. Lord, I just don't, I feel like that my life should be different. Lord, I feel like it's not fair. Our pastor tells a story that one time he was preaching and he said this lady came up and the, just the way he described it, he said, this lady came up and you could tell she was a lady of the night. The way he said it, you know, being real nice and, and said that she came up and tears just run down her face and he's just preaching, saying, God loves you so much. And, and, and he says on the inside, the Lord says, you don't believe that. He said, oh yeah, this. And he said, you don't believe And he says, Lord, what do you mean? He said, how is it you can extend the love of God to someone else, but you can't receive it for yourself? Because he, he was talking about how hard he is on himself. But you know, you're supposed to forgive yourself just like you forgive others. Have you ever made a mistake? Okay, for the ones of us that have. Um, one thing you have to do is learn to forgive yourself. We think it's okay to forgive others, but just hold ourselves in a prison. What do I have to do? I literally have had to do this. Just like you forgive somebody, I forgive them, I release them. You had to pretend like that your life, you're like you're a caged bird. Because that's what happens. You cage your own life. All you can do is make sounds and squawks, and, and, but you're just in that cage. You have to say, okay, Will, yes, that was dumb. You might have done anything dumb before. Will, that was dumb. That was sin. And I, you know, I repented. Lord, you forgave me, cleansed me. And what do you do? I release you in Jesus' name. God's forgiven you. I release you. I don't hold it against you. Against yourself. And, and you just have to do that. No, I didn't kill anybody. No, I didn't, you know. But it doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago. You know, people stay in prison by those things. But you just have to forgive. And just let the, the good shepherd, but I want to say this. Any bit of fear, any bit of dread in life, any bit of that comes back to not having a full understanding that God loves me. God, who is love, love loves me. Why? This I know because the Bible tells me so. We can go back to VBS right there. But you just knowing that for me to lay awake at night and worry is an insult to God. For me to, to wonder, Lord, how are you going to do it? That shows a revelation 
that I don't have a revelation of the love of God. Because when, when I have the love of God, I'm in my Father's hand and no man can pluck me out. No man can pull me out. No man. No. What does Romans 8 says? It says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. So that means that no matter what's coming against me, I'm, I'm going to just chill. I'm just going to, you know, I shared this Sunday how that, that one minister said that he worried, he, he was concerned, and then the Lord had to just say, you know what, you're not the healer. He said, if you would have asked me that five minutes before, I would have said, no, I'm not the healer. But he said, I was acting like it. So what did he do? He said, I went and prayed. I studied. I prayed. I laid hands on people. And then I leave the results up to God. Then I get on my motorcycle and go blue leaves off the highway. Why? Because you're no help to other people being down. You're no help to other people. But I know that if I'm in my Father's hand, everything's going to be okay. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, stand up tonight. You know, it's not the things that you know. You know, you can know a lot of things, but it's the things you allow to work in your life. It's the things that are working on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The Bible tells us Jesus, as we said, says, I, I stand at the door and knock. In the book of Revelation, if any man come unto me and opens, the thing about the, the, the door that leads to Jesus is always on our side. He doesn't just barge into our life. He doesn't just jump in, but we have to open the door. So if you're in this place and you say, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but tonight, as you've been sharing this about this wonderful shepherd, I want to know him personally. I want to know him. I want to be able to hear his voice. Like I hear people saying. So if that's you with no one looking around and you say, please pray for me. I want to know this Jesus. Or secondly, if you're in this place and you say, I once upon a time, I walked with the Lord, but things happened in my life. And, and you know, I, I just, I didn't trust the, the shepherd. I walked away from him and, and things just came in. And, but, I, you know, I want to make those things right. I want to follow the good shepherd again. Like the prodigal son of old that said, I, I want to, I'm going back to my father's house. The father came back, put the ring on his finger, put the robe on him and restored him back. So if that's you, we want to pray with you and for you. So with no one looking around, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, please pray for me. I ask you to pray for me tonight in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I want you to say this with me. Say, I'm following the good shepherd. Lord, wherever you lead me, I'll go. I will follow you. I'm not following just a man. I'm following Jesus, the head of the church. And my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, to me, Jesus, I remember watching a, a clip of Phil Driscoll like 35 years ago and he said that he was, he was just ministering in music. He was talking about Jesus. He said, he's, now this is a double negative for those in English class. He said, he's not no religion, he's a way of life. Jesus is not a religion. He's a way of life. And that's what's wonderful, you know, following the shepherd. And the good thing about it, about following the shepherds, I don't have to know all the answers. If anybody knows all the answers, please come and tell me after the service. But I'll leave you with this. I, I like what I heard a minister say. He said, if anyone comes up with a hundred volume thing about what to do in every situation, he said, don't even waste your money and buy it. He said, because there's something that's going to happen that's not covered in that. That's why we have to be led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. We would say today, the flashlight. God's going to enlighten us through our spirit. That's why we have to, to pray in the Spirit. We have to... to to get quiet. Because our mind is always just going here and there. Who's ever tried to lay down to sleep and your mind's still racing? And you're like, just, just pull back on the reins.